welcome to Nothing Lost Forever, only podcast to ever exist about the greatest music video of all time, November Rain by Guns N' Roses, American rock band Guns N' Roses, TNR, Tara and Robin, talking GNR, yep, and other things, and we are here, and we're back, and we're present, and we're going. So, what's up, Tara? Not much. I just sat in traffic for a really long time to drive five miles to get here. I'm going to Cannibal Corpse and Dark Funeral after this. I'm very excited. Was it the Will Turn, which is a fucking nightmare? Mm. I don't think I've been there. It's it's kind of the worst venue in LA. Not only because of the location in Koreatown, but it's just like there's no way, there's no reason Cannibal Corpse should be at a seated venue. It's fully seated. There, there's a GA. Yeah. And then there's, you know, it's a theater. Yeah. So then there's balconies, mezzanine, that bullshit. Loge. I don't, I've never understood what the loge is. What is the loge? Yeah. And it's not the lodge? It's the We lodge. don't know. How do we? But if, listener, if you know what the loge is. Is it spelled different? I think it's spelled L-O-G-E. I think so as well. Because why always, would we call it? I always see the loge. In fact, I've bought many tickets to the loge in my day. But I never know what I, where I'm at. True. No, I'm not in the loge. I am GA tonight. This makes me think about Ultravox. Ultravox? See, Ultravox is pronounced Ultravox. Ultravox. But, and Bono Vox. Bono Vox. I've always, always thought it was Vox, not Vox. I was watching something. You know, we got something. We got Axel on the Vox. I thought Vox was just short for vocals. It is. But it's a shortened version of an, another word. Which is? Um, uh, sh- sh- this could be the answer to the question on our minds. Mm-mm. That would make Fuck. no sense. I, I can't do this right now. I can't multitask in this way. That's fine. It's Vox. Um, it's Vox. But what... So this was you, news uh, to me, Bonovox. Bonovox Bono is news to me. So that was an unfortunate discovery I made recently that Bono's actual fake name is Bonovox. <laughs> that's, that's his full fake name. When did he drop the Vox? I don't know if he ever did. I think <laughs> no one cares, so we never thought about it. <laughs> is it one word? Or is it Great Bono? question. No, it's not one word. It's space Vox. I know. It's, Jesus Christ. He's the worst. So the question, Bono on the Vox. Bono on the Vox. Bono is batted up. That's the worst. Like, I, I, like, part of me wants to know the story about why Bono, but also, God, I don't need to and, know either. And we have The Edge. And then the other two guys the in the band don't have fake names. Don't have fake names. I, I, I got to admit, as much as I despise you two, The Edge is a sick fake name. And here we are, have a Guns N' Roses podcast, and they all have fake fucking names. A bunch names. of people with fake names. Yeah. Fake, literally the names. whole band, except for yeah. little Stevie. Little Stevie, though, we call him that. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. true, but we call him that. Yeah, literally all fake names. Yeah. So, yeah, what what are we gonna do here? But Bono Vox. Yep. God, that's a, yeah. Unfortunately, something I wish I never. But it's not. But it's not Bono Vox. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess we might have to find an interview where he says his full name, but then he's gonna say it in his Irish accent, and it's not gonna answer it at all. The fucking idiot is an Irish person. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, anyways, we uh, we're back. We're after our last episode. Our last episode, we kind of we discussed the box set. 
We discussed November 8, 2022, but we also talked a little bit about the Corey Feldman and his band tour performance in the Love. Did we you know we never said it was called the Love Left Two Tour? The Love Left Two Tour. Yes, which means there was a Love Left One Tour. Yeah, we missed that one. <laughs> we and missed it's it. Love Left. Like Love has left the building. Or, or love, do you there have is some, some love, love left. Oh, it probably is that. I think that's it. There's still some oh, love left. Oh, okay. There's a little love left. Because I kind of thought love has left the building. And this is the era. So he left his love angel somewhere. area oh. uh-huh. and his like top hat era. So he, the angel era is over. The top hat era is over. What era and is this? His love era. He's entered his love era. Oh, that's nice. With, um, that makes one of us. We didn't really also talk about this. So cool. Let's... I, Basically, we talked a little bit about Corey Feldman, but we didn't get into everything. And I have a feeling that we're going to be unpacking this experience for a very long time. I agree with that. I think about it every day still. Yes. One of the things that we didn't discuss that I wanted to discuss, speaking of the love era, is that so in the love era, he got rid of his angels. Angel he picked band, a mangel. And he picked a mangel. Because he couldn't date all of them because he couldn't marry all of them. He had to pick one and marry her. Courtney Feldman. Yeah. Courtney Feldman is an immigrant, and they said they got married because of Trump's immigration policy. Yeah, she's an immigrant from Canada. Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then... (laughs) What? (laughs) Anyways, I don't even know. So they've been married since 2016, and Trump immigration policy. I think that's funny. Um, And one of the things, though, she's a very, like, staunch vegan... And strict, strict eater. she does, I was looking at her Instagram and looks like she only eats potatoes. It appears that, it appears that she only eats potatoes. The evidence suggests that she only eats various boiled she, potatoes. She goes, so she'll boil the potato and she'll make them to different shapes. But that's the only difference. Usually balls. Usually a ball. Usually a potato ball. And so yeah. she essentially goes through potato cleanses. I think like when she's not on potatoes, she's on like smoothies and green juice and things like that. I did see some Instagram content of her talking about bloodletting. What? Which I don't understand what that is. What is the purpose of only, like, what, is there some literature out there that says that eating only potatoes has some kind of purpose? I haven't looked into it. I'm, I'm sure literature in quotation marks, literature, Reddit forums, whatever you want to call them. Um, but she is definitely ascribing to some something. Yeah, yeah, there's some, some scam. What's really funny, though, is on her Instagram, she posts pictures of, like, the potato balls. Yeah. And it's usually like potato ball with like lime juice and like cilantro. And then literally all the comments are like, oh my God, looks so good. Courtney, share the recipe with us. It's always like, yum, you need to make a recipe book. You're like, it's a fucking. <laughs> it's, and, and you know there's no oil or salt or anything in these Boiled potato balls. potato. It's, she boils a potato, mashes it, add nothing, adds nothing and forms it into a ball. And maybe top, like squeezes a lime on it. Yeah. I've never thought of lime juice on potatoes, but that sounds good. I, I think it sounds not good. Um... But anyways, Courtney, the mangel, weird. There's something weird happening there. Um, but that's his love era. Yep. That there's still the love. left. There's some love still left. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But um, you, we went back and we watched a music video of Corey's. Yeah, so during the montage, no, when he performed this song live, he appeared to be lip syncing to his own music video, which he played the video the for it in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I would say that aside from Cry Little Sister, mm-hmm. 
Millennium, Ascension, Ascension Millennium, Millennium was his best song of the night. Pretty fun. It's a fun bop. And the video. The video is good. I enjoy the video. I think it's a good era for him. I think he actually looks good. He looks great. Um, his outfit's cool. He, his hair is cool. You know, it's kind of like, so there's some estranged vibes. It's in his house. Assuming, in, or probably yeah. a rental. But it's a house that he appears to live in in real life. I mean, it's a very low budget vid. It's one shot, unedited, right? Yeah. So the shot opens with him in bed with an angel. Not Courtney. I didn't see Courtney Courtney's really on the in video. any of those. Yeah. It's been pre-Courtney. Something's going on there. It's just another story. Yeah. And he kisses his angel good morning, gets up, gets in the shower for five seconds, gets out of the shower, still has his eye makeup on. It's all, and the, the camera never cuts. No, it's a good one shot, which I think he probably did. I don't, I think, I think... Corey is such a performer and has a lot of experience performing that he could pull off a one cut. And he did. No, yeah. no. I mean, I that was actually one of my takeaways from this video is you can tell, even in this low-budget shitty music video, Corey's a very talented actor and very comfortable behind a camera yeah. and knows what he's doing. I yes. mean, the, bud, the, the execution of the, uh, that was, it was poorly executed, but that isn't necessarily his fault because, no, he's just a star of the show. Yeah. And he goes through the house, the one shot. Other angels are around. Yep, they're in their rooms they're getting like ready. getting ready, putting on their halo. Um, or did one sleep with the halo? But I think they woke up with halos on. Yeah, they wake up with halos. Lovely. Same. Um, and uh, the thing I like, well, the song is weird. He's like kind of rapping. Or like like fast talking, singing, yeah, singing, talking. Yeah, you can't really hear. But then it's like an earworm in the chorus. Yes, and then there's like and a lot of background, dancing? like it's a lot of auto tune. Yeah, it was definitely a pop song, the um, of its time. Sonic of elements of it are very complicated, yet they work. Like I yeah. don't like describing exactly what's happening in the song is confusing. No, but I mean, and, and if you've ever listened to this podcast a lot, you know that Robin and I are huge gatekeepers. We hate a lot of music. I think we both agree. Ascension Millennium. It's not Ascension bad. Ascension Millennium. That's it. That's out, but it's good. Uh, but then it's what, not a bad song, folks. What's really great in this video too is Sean Astin. Is so it? there's a cameo from Sean Astin, which implies they're still friends. Yeah, and he's reading the Goonies map. He's reading the Goonies and map. Someone tosses him his inhaler. He's just, yep. you know, I bet Sean Astin is a cool guy. To yeah, hang out that with. that tells me he is. Yeah, he's you know. Yeah, he's, there's something about Sean Astin, so we'll kind of have to look yeah. further into that. Sean and then Astin's there's a part cool. where he. He kind of goes, he's, he walks mm, through his house mm, and he goes outside. Mm-hmm. There's a pool party going on. Sponsored Did you by notice some sort anything of about drink. the sponsors? <laughs> so the pool party is clearly sponsored. I think it was, I think it was called Neon Energy. Yeah. So there's tents set up like, like it's a tiny <laughs> flea market or tiny event or festival. There's like four tents that are all sponsored by Neon oh, Energy. Fascinating. I'm glad you also picked up on that. Cause oh, yeah. It's I, really hard to miss. I think, um, uh, wait, I'm looking here that neon energy drink is potentially a pyramid scheme. Um, um, energy drink companies shut down amid pyramid scheme. Wow. <laughs> so Corey at some point was obviously deep in a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and the evidence is, Robert, that's incredible. Okay. So at some point, so in 2016, Corey is involved in a pyramid scheme. We do not know at which level he was, but um, it has is, it is, uh, since been shut down. Amazing. Uh, can, we get a, can we get a bottle of that on eBay? Oh my God. So funny. Yeah. And that's like a weird part. There's like some weird, there's, 
some younger people. Like, there's something weird happening there. So after the pool party, he goes back in the house where there's a dance nightclub troupe. dance party. Where they're doing Michael Jackson dancing. So, and then you get Corey's Michael Jackson dance moves, the hat thing where he kind of flips the hat on. And, you know, uh, Corey's not a great dancer. It's He loves it. He seems to enjoy it. He's not the best at it. He's better than me at the Michael Jackson. He's, like, good. He's better than us at dancing, but yes. he's, like, when compared to a professional dancer, it's not great. And then, this is my favorite part of the video. Then he moves on to another room where his band... Now, this is post-Mangels, pre-his band. Mm-hmm, These were mm-hmm. a bunch of different guys. Uh, yeah, I mean... And you have these, like, these guys play? look like... They're like middle America. It's again like this dad rock band vibe. And it's like they're, they're you know, shadow playing the guitar. And it doesn't even seem like it's matching the tune. In fact, I don't think there's any guitar in that song. I don't think so either. So <laughs> it's just him like fake recording. Okay, looking back at this neon. Yeah, so it says, this is a guy posting on here on a um, college website. And he said, my roommate has been promoting a new energy drink, but... And he swears he gets paid by the company. The only way he makes money by signing up other people to be promoters. So yeah, it's full, full blown multi-level marketing scheme. I have never understood those. I've like had them explained to me. Like I read the wiki. Of I don't. I, I don't understand what it is. Like who's making the money? Well, that's a different podcast. There are plenty of podcasts that'll explain, and I can off the air explain to you how a pyramid scheme works. Yeah. Wait, can we start one? Sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, they don't call them, they call them, um, it's not a pyramid, it's a circle. Okay, that's we'll start a circle the, scheme. That's how people like, I think like, uh, what is that big one? With the A? Oh, the, the diet drink. No. Oh, Herbalife, you mean. Herbalife sponsors like Major League Soccer shit. Yeah, that I think a, a lot of those are still. That was like the biggest Avon? one ever. Avon. A- AvaCare. A- AvaCare, something like that. Not Avon. Avon was before Mary Kay. Those were good days. Mary Kay and, were Mary Kay and Avon? Amway, that's what I'm thinking of. Amway. I think Amway still exists. I don't think Amway still exists. Yeah, they're all weird. There's a weird documentary on uh, Amazon Prime about the leggings lady. The lady that, uh-huh. ML- uh, MLMs run rampant. Lou LaRue, Yeah, LaLaRue. They run rampant in um, Facebook circles, like Facebook yep groups oh and- uh, pyramid schemes bo- are born lived and die on facebook yeah and then like weird hippie women um anyways we're getting down another one but it is very funny that the neon energy drink in cory feldman saying is oh it's so MLM. cool it is yeah really that's a cool. treat that is that's a, a treat of a discovery treat of a discovery <laughs> i know man we looked up his cory feldman's I- um net worth on subreddynetworth.com and i was like three hundred thousand dollars like it couldn't have been right no like i said i mean i'm worth at least $300,000. I mean, how much are my body parts worth? How much, if I was to sell my organs individually, I'm they're worth at least $300,000, right? On the black market, you think? I'm pretty healthy. Oh, maybe it's $1 million, which still, still, let's, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, the other thing too, we didn't Google at all. We thought, let's find out if there's a connection between um, Corey Feldman and Guns N' Roses. And we did a simple Google search that we didn't do last week that we should have. And Corey Feldman is... A certified gunner. Yes. In that. Big time. He went to the show, the secret show at the Palladium, Hollywood Palladium, um, in 2019. And he live streamed it on his 2016. 
19? That was 2019. There was okay. a, a, there, so it must have been. Was it a troubadour or the Palladium? Which are those, I think it was a troubadour. I, it wasn't a, troubadour was 2016. Yeah, okay, I'm getting them confused. Yeah. Um, but he went to the show, um, which is kind of the only thing. I, I tried to look up to see if Corey Feldman went to the VMAs. I can't really find it, anything. Um, but. So we also looked up. Hollywood Palladium. We also looked up connections and photos of Corey, a member of, of Guns N' Roses, and we came up, we came, you know, we found something pretty interesting. If you Google Corey Feldman Guns N' Roses, things that come up are his attendance to this concert, and then it must have been included in the current, in the Love Left 2, um, like, press release, because the only information, it's like... I see what you're saying. So... Corey Feldman has a box set. Speaking of, we didn't get into the Corey Feldman box set. Corey Feldman is releasing a box set. It, did, it, it was for sale at the show. And it was, it was like for $300. Sale. Yeah. Or was it like 400 It was $275. But one of the things in the box set is rare pictures, including a picture of Corey Feldman and Dizzy Reed. In the box set. Unfucking believable and, and you can't find a picture of this. At, there. Right. You have to buy the box set see the to photo. see it. In the age of everything being on the internet, the photo of Corey Feldman and Dizzy Reed is not on the internet. It's literally like, the thing is, like, there's no, there's nothing else. Nothing else about Corey Feldman and Dizzy Reed except for he says, he uses the fact that there's a picture of them together in this box set, in his press release about the box set. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, like, uh, what... There's no way to find this photo except for buying this box set. Yeah. Right. Okay. We have to wait it out. But so my thoughts on it is there's A, no one has bought it. So therefore. Hasn't uploaded it. No, this has, has not been uploaded. Or B, who the few people who have bought it didn't really realize so that, that who that was to make it important enough to be this uploaded. This is interesting. So here's a description. Here's a press release for The Love Left 2. Um, musical guest, Michael Damien, Lita Ford is on it, Don Dawkin, Mickey Thomas from Starship, Hunt Sales, Roberta Freeman from Pink Floyd. Roberta Freeman? Yeah. What? From Guns N' Roses? Right. <laughs> What's going on? It says Roberta Freeman. It's parentheses Pink Floyd. It's got to be the same Roberta Freeman. Does she also sing backup for what Pink Floyd? Oh, maybe she was in Pink Floyd. Yeah, she was also in Big Floyd. Oh my God, the gut! I can't believe these connections. Wow, did we not? I'm interesting. Curtis Young, uh, and then the included DVDs, multiple, include unreleased home videos, film clips, and rare photos of Feldman alongside. Here's a list of people. The first one is Dizzy Reed, Guns N' Roses. Unbelievable. Second one, Drew Barrymore, Corey Haim, Michael Jackson, Alfonso Ribeiro. They list Diz above MJ. Yeah. Do you know who Sean Hollywood Hamilton is? And then it says, this box set is a must-have for all Corey. What do you think they call his fan- fans? Coreheads. What? Feld fans. Oh. Corey Feld fans. <laughs> I like that. I'm a Corey Feld fan. <laughs> I wonder how much this box set runs for. Uh, Love Love <sighs> 2.1. But anyways, yeah, there's going to be a lot more to discuss yeah, this is all, uh, about gets Corey Feldman. And he's a gunner. I tried to find uh, any like information about him attending the VMAs. 
but I did it. That's it. It's actually like you can't really Google much because he included this in his press release. It's just flooded. The Google's yeah. flooded with just Corey Feldman, Dizzy Reed. So bizarre. It's totally bizarre. Totally bizarre. Huh. Um, Roberta Freeman. So Michael Damien, and that was uh, also on the, Corey Feldman mentioned that in the show. Uh, he was my first major crush growing up when I was really little. That was the first time I remember being attracted to a man. Michael Damien. And um, he was playing the lead on Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat, the brought the touring Broadway okay, production yeah. that was playing at the Pantages. I still lived in LA with my family at the time. So my parents took my sister and I to go see it, to see Michael Damien. And I ran up to the stage screaming, Michael, I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. My mom, from years after that, my mom would make fun, like remind me of that story when I think it's it's been long forgotten until now. Uh, I wonder what Michael Damien's up to. Yeah. I mean, think about it. But how does your first crush frame a lot of things? We've thought, thought, thought about this. So my, if Michael Damon was my first, the first time I realized I was attracted to men. So at this point, I know I'm not gay. Is that how that works? I just, yeah. So I'm not gay. I'm like seven years old. And it's, I choose Michael Damien. And also, I Mine really love. unfortunately probably um, sure. That is unfortunate and yeah. um, framing. Who? I see how Damien's looking. Interesting. Okay. Who I saw recently, Michael, uh, Polly Shore was at my event. Oh, yeah, I see. So Michael Damien had hits in the late 80s, Rock On, remember? And he did the cover of, he did like old like psych mm -hmm. hits. And um, that's how I knew who he was. This was Michael Damien. He's hot. He yeah, hot. he looks great. He was hot. But see, you don't necessarily, you're not really attracted to people that look like that now. No, I'm not. No, but this was something that we were talking about. Um, a book that I was reading was talking about how, oh yeah, this was an interesting book about New Kids on the Block, which I really liked. And I had have some things to say about MKOTB. But they were talking about, there's all this research specifically about the music and the things that you're into, interested in, specifically at the age 14, frames everything Oh, no, I was, I was 10 years old. So that makes more sense. I was like pre-puberty. I thought I was yeah. younger. I was, it, it says here the tour was 1993. But yeah, it's a 14-year-old. 14, and they yeah. said, like, your musical taste, your likes, and your interests, they don't necessarily, like, it's not necessarily that you keep the same interest or, like, whatever, but... It frames everything else. It's kind of like the touchstone for everything else that you like or dislike. Uh -huh. Is the stuff that you were really into at fourteen. Yep, that's yeah, and that's another podcast for the two of us because yeah, we that's can talk absolutely about that. true. Um, absolutely true. But um, yeah, my I remember being attracted to Polly Shore really young. Maybe Corey Feldman. Oh, I think you've kind of touched on that. Yeah, I think you probably did. Yeah, I mean, it, it, little kids had crushes on the school ground. And there's a difference between that and like an attraction, which I so saw I was 10 years old, which makes sense because I was precocious <laughs> um, early on. So I guess I still am. Um, I guess you still are. So <laughs> more about Corey Feldman as uh, this world continues to unfold upon us. Yeah. Uh, one thing. This I, is going to become a Corey Feldman podcast. Yeah, Corey Feldman podcast. One thing. Which, was, which mm. let's look into whether or not that exists. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that was really funny that we didn't talk about is he, so Corey, throughout the whole show, he like narrates everything. He really prepares you. He's like, I'm going to sing this song and then I'm going to sing this song and then I'm going to sing. He's a performer. Like he's, everything, he spoke about everything that he was going to do. 
like he talked a little bit too much. It's fine. He's a performer. He's an actor. His his name was Mouth and Goonies. Yeah, it all <laughs> works. But he was going on some little like diatribe and he was like back in Los Angeles, back in Anaheim. He's like, it's so good to be back. Like we haven't been, he's been on tour, you know, like whatever. This is the end of this current run tour. He's like, we haven't performed in Los Angeles for, for like at least four months is what he said. <laughs> at least Robert and I four both months. Cackled. I was like, months? <laughs> that was like July. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's so many things that I don't do for four months. Yeah. Like, Shave my legs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to Eagle Rock every four months. Yeah. Like, like that, like, and it's been, yeah, four months. Yep. That really took me by. Yeah, yeah. July, Jesus Christ. I thought it for sure was going to say four years. Yeah, the way we were. Was, the setup was big. It was wild. And the reveal was disappointing. The fact that, where was he performing for? Yeah, in July. Missed that one. We did miss that one. Um, but yeah, what a trip. Anyways, yeah, more to come from the uh, Corey Feldman podcast called Ascension Millennium. Yep. Um, okay, so anyways, so this is something, though, we wanted to talk about. I wanted to do another countdown with you. Uh-huh, let's go. We did a countdown before of the 10 best lawsuits, Guns N' Roses lawsuits. Huh? That was fun. So I was reading something. I read a lot, you guys. And I was reading something. She reads the weirdest books. This, uh, there's but one in book. front of me about, what was this dude's name? Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. That's a good book. I ha- um, This one, Ride on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, She read White Line Fever. Yeah, that was good. So she arguably knows more about Lemmy than me now. Uh, I mean, it's- I'd a, say so. It's an autobiography. So, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I was reading a book. I was reading this book, Fangirls, which is good. I recommend that. It's about fangirls. And it talked about the 2007 VMAs, which I looked up. I was Googling the 2007 VMAs. The 2007 VMAs had a famous fight. Okay. And so I was like, wow, I kind of like forgot about this. And obviously, 1992 VMAs, the premise of our whole podcast is a famous fight, VMA fight. So I was going to count down the top 10 VMA fights with you. So I, I wonder, Tara, if I can say the year. Do you think you can guess what it would be? You can try. Yeah, let's try. So I'm going to do number 10. So we're starting 10, 10 to 1. The fight at the 2021 VMAs. Oh, uh, wasn't it like Machine Gun Kelly and someone? Yeah. And who was it? Conor McGregor. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got we, one. That, I didn't even really look into this because remember we like kind of talked about it before. Who picks a fight with Conor McGregor? We don't really remember. Yeah, what happened? That seems like a bad idea. We actually already talked about this on a podcast, but it was removed. Remember? Uh-huh. It got taken That was down. our only, th- uh, we got flagged. We've we posted flagged. so much unauthorized content, but the Machine Gun Kelly the thing Machine got Gun pl- Kelly got the algorithm. Immediately. Picked it up and now it's been banned. So I wonder if we can, I don't even know if we have like the audio for that. But anyways, so that's in the deep, dark netherworld. Probably for the best. Yeah. For the best. Okay. So here's one. What about 1996? Blur and Oasis? I don't know. No. I know they didn't fight each other. They were feuding. Yeah. But at the at the VMAs. So David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. Do you remember this? Uh-uh. So this is 1996. They actually form a Van Halen like pseudo reunion. Okay. And I think it was for like they were releasing the greatest hits at the time, and and Hagar had left at that point, uh, ninety six, and 
they did a reunion and actually it was they were went on stage all of them for the first time like whatever and uh together and presented an award and then uh david lee diamond david lee diamond dave diamond yeah uh he went like a little off script on the stage yeah and uh was just kind of like hamming it up whatever yeah, he's david lee Roth. yeah what totally so what do they expect pissed off eddie okay and then they went off stage got in a fight i think they got in like a oh no they they got in a fight and then that was it that was the end of the reunion oh that's cool yeah you know they they eventually read it again and there was a tour with both sammy and dave that didn't last very long either i think that tour didn't get completed no i yeah i don't and i don't know about that i mean david lee roth was notoriously hard to work with okay the next one let's see if you can figure this out uh, 1991. Number nine coming in ni- is eight. We've just done two, huh? Eight. Oh yes, number um, eight. I'm I don't sorry. know. Brett Michaels and CC Deville. Cool. So this is actually the moment when Poison broke up. Okay, Brett Michaels is not in Poison. Is he? Yes, he is. Yes. Wait, Brett Michaels was Poison. Brett Michaels was Poison. So CC Deville. So they're performing at the 1991 VMAs. And CeCe DeVille was trashed and actually went on stage, started, played the wrong song. Cool. They had two songs that they were going to play. They were supposed to play Unskinny Bop, but then he decided 30 seconds in that he didn't want to play it and started playing Talk Dirty to Me. Cool. So, and then he was Both riffs. Both riffies. He was like starting and stopping and all this stuff, like basically... All this shit happened on stage, and uh, it was one of the worst performances ever. And then they got off stage, and Brett Michaels literally punched him in the face. I would love to see that. Yeah. Not the punch, they, but also the performance. Oh, it's on. Yeah, okay, we cool. can watch that. Yeah, so they left stage, got in a physical fight. No more po- poison is over. Interesting. The 1991 Did poison ever reunite? No, they must have. They did. They just played that show with uh, fucking Def Leppard and all those guys. Poison, Def Leppard. Yeah, they reunited. Yeah. Probably many times since then. Yeah. Everyone, well, everyone got a price. Everyone does have a price. Um, even, you know what? Rock, heel, rock heals all wound. Okay. So that was eight. So seven. Oh, this is an honorable mention. Let's do an honorable mention because this isn't really a fight. 1997, do you think you can remember? I put Fiona Apple versus the world. Do you remember? Yeah. When she went up and on stage and uh, won the award, and then for her speech, she just said, "This world is bullshit." She's so cool. She is so cool. Man, she said, "Everybody out there that's watching this world, this world is bullshit, and you should mo- you shouldn't model your life on what we think is cool. Go with yourself, etc." But um, after that, like after this speech, she got labeled as like a brat and all this stuff. Right? They, like, yeah, the tabloids came for her. Yeah, they said, "Okay, um, yeah. publications like." Painted her as a diva, suffering for her art and forcing the audience to suffer along with her. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she basically. I mean, but, but we know now she's just fucking insane. Yeah, but that was like a cool thing for her to do. In no, she's cool. She's yeah. like basically like she was like bas- basically like fuck all these famous people. I don't know why I'm here, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was real young then. Well, she was like nineteen. Yeah. Honorable mention that I don't was like honorable mention, but. Kind of have to put it out there. Don't want to talk about it. 2009. Very famous one. Very famous. Caused a lot of controversy. Inspired a whole album. No? 
it's with two of the worst, most inseparable people. Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Oh, God, of course. Yes. Then, I mean, I like block it out of my head because it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, and it's, I we don't need to talk about it, but it, you can't. You know leave, what it is. You, you can't leave it, it out. Yeah. So, yeah, you couldn't just like not do it. Okay, what about 2000? No, there's no way I'm going to know any of these. You're not going to know any of these. Yeah. Oh. So, 2000 VMAs. Rage Against the Machine versus Limp Biscuit. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Yeah. Good. Was this when Rage Against the Machine guy climbed up on the thing? Yes. I do. I actually remember watching that. Yes. Yeah. He climbed up on the thing. Do you remember why? No. So Rage Against the Machine was nominated. I think this is Best Director again. And they, Limp Bizkit won the award for Break Stuff. And Rage Against the Machine lost. But it was for their show, their video, um, Sleep Now in the Fire. Do you remember that? I don't. I need to go back and watch it. It's uh, Michael Moore directed, and they went and like snuck onto like uh, the Wall Street, like the New York Stock Exchange floor, and like was like, like did a bunch of ruckus. Uh huh. No, never yeah. heard about that. So it was like I very strongly dislike Michael Moore, but arguably a better video. Without seeing it, I could say it probably is. Then break stuff. Yes. By Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, and Michael Moore was at the award show. And so the second they lost, it was, can you name any other members of Rage Against the Machine? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, any other bef- besides. The hot bass player with the DLR. The hot, the hot bass player guy. Extremely hot. Tim Comerford, yeah, is the bassist. He's the one that got up yep, on stage. Yep, yep. So he was basically kind of drunk, was upset that they lost, and he went up and he tried to break the stage. Yep. Like, he wanted to break it down. He was on some sort of, like speaker type thing yeah yeah and um uh he ended up getting arrested and spending the night in jail cool right and he had like sandals on too is another thing he had his makes it less cool he had his uh, no adidas side that's sick right yeah damn you say sandals i like uh, it was yeah fascinating yeah i guess they're not sandals or slides yeah i wear those every day yeah totally look really cool climbed up there um (laughs) and yeah he just wanted he said his goal was to literally break, like he wanted people to come back from a commercial break and it just be destroyed. Yeah, it's a good goal. Yeah, it is a good goal. It's too bad it didn't come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the 2007 one. So this is the one that inspired me to do this list. Or, yeah. But I had it at, I have it at six. Okay. Uh, 2007, it's a fight between... Two people that we've talked about at length on this podcast. Not at length, but they come up. No. Say it again. Two people that we've talked about on this podcast. Talk about so many people. Yeah. Um, they're rockers. Well, one's a rocker. 2007. They're fighting kind of over a shared wife. Oh, Tommy Lee and Kid Rock. And Kid Rock. They got yeah. in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 2007, actually, uh, at this point, Kid Rock had um he divorced Pamela in like 2006 yeah it's over Borat so it was my favorite divorce ever yes it's the only cool thing it's the only thing it's I actually it's the only interesting thing about Kid Rock I like I like Kid Rock for that he divorced Pamela Anderson after not thinking that Borat joke was funny is what it was he thought he thought it wasn't funny he thought it was wasn't funny he's wrong it's wrong. It was very funny. 
But it's also cool to divorce someone over something that fucking stupid. So I guess this has been like um, building up the rivalry between Bob and Tommy. And uh, they're at the 2007 VMAs. And apparently someone was sitting next to P. Diddy. And Tommy Lee got up to go say hello to P. Diddy. It's 2007. But Kid Rock was maybe sitting close to P. Diddy and had been up. Whatever. They come back to their come back to their seat and just basically start fist fighting. And here's a quote from Tommy Lee, because we love Tommy Lee, smart guy. Yep. Good man with words. Minding my own biz. Oh, he. Oh, I guess he wrote a blog after explaining this. Okay. Yeah. Live so, journal. Yeah. So Bozo was not involved in this. This is just straight from the, okay. straight from the man's mouth. Minding my own biz when I get a tap on the shoulder from Kid Pebble. I stand up and embrace him with a semi-hug and say, hey, dude, what's up? He punches me in the face. Well, if you want to call it that, more like a bitch slap, wuss. Lee said that he went, went to knock this jealous, no career having country bumpkin the F out. And before I can have a meeting with my fist in his ugly ass mug, security guards, not mine, at the palms, grab me and haul my ass out of the award show, threatening me that if I move, they'll break my arm. Yeah, whatever. A man is wise with words. A true wordsmith. Kid Pebble. Kid Pebble's funny. It is funny. So uh, uh, Kid Rock got charged with a misdemeanor battery. He declared that the feud with Lee had been going on for five years. Yeah, that tracks. That reminds me of um, my friend Jesse famously toured, got hired to go on tour with Guns N' Roses many years ago. His band opened. They, they started in Europe. And one show in, my friend Jesse's a fucking lunatic. And one show in, he got kicked off the tour. And he told me the story once, and it was very long, and it involved a lot of women and sex and drugs. But after it all happened, when Axel fired him, Axel called his band the Pigeons of Shit Metal. I think that's a cool diss from Axel. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, Axel's okay. pretty okay with disses. Yes. He could be better. Okay, last, so apparently after the divorce, Tommy Lee had hacked into Pamela's Blackberry and was sending, emailing Kid Rock horrendous things. So 2007. Blackberry hacked. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. Or the, okay. Or he just had her Blackberry. Yeah, okay. Um, and then after that, they also, uh, they were offered $1 million to participate in a celebrity boxing match. Oh, and cool. declined. Yeah, that would have been good. But, uh, yeah, I do love the Tommy Lee-Kid Rock rivalry. Because they were friends before. Okay, we're in the top five now. So, what about this? 1995. So, this is a feud between actually two people that we've talked about also at length on this podcast. Um, Two women. Two blondes. Courtney Love. Yes. And, um... Stephanie, not Stephanie Seymour. Not this one. Okay, who? Madonna. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, Madonna. So this is 1995. Madonna's like having an interview with Kurt Loder. And then someone starts throwing ma- like compacts at her. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was Courtney. It was Courtney. I remember that. Yeah. You know, as much as I fucking hate her, these stories are so funny. Yeah. I know. And like, here's the thing. Courtney is like... She has some good insults too. She's, she's so good pretty, at insulting people. She's pretty fucking good. 
And yeah. Madonna was in like a weird phase. This was like her Avita era, like era, and like post sex books. So Have you like seen her weird. current phase? Yeah. <laughs> Woof. I know. Oh. All right. I know. What is going on with her? Yeah, I feel bad for her. So, and uh, Courtney Love starts throwing. So it's 1995, you know, I think um, Live Through This came out in 94. Uh-huh. Um, so she's in an interesting era as well. And throwing things at Madonna and Courtney go, or Kurt's like, oh, let's bring her up. Or Kurt Loder, sorry. And Madonna's like, please don't, please don't do that. And then she says, Courtney loves in dire need of attention right now. But then brings up Courtney and Courtney starts saying like, oh, I don't know. They're talking about whatever. But- she says, Courtney says, talking about Dennis Miller, she said, I used to have a crush on him. Madonna said, why did you have a crush on Dennis Miller? But then Courtney goes, she says, you don't even do rock stars anymore. You, as Michael Stipe would say, dip into the population. That's good. Right? Yeah. That is good. She tells Madonna she dips into the population now. I don't really understand that. She's just like dating normies. Wow. fucking normies yeah and then she goes on to this like whole metaphor about like the ho- she's like we're at the hospital and i'm trying to fuck the doctors and in the surgeons but like i guess i should try the candy stripers like you damn and I mean, everyone knows the more famous they are the less good in bed they are and uh madonna said you should leave the hospital on Courtney's like i like it here that's what she says she's like, I like being in the hospital it's cool yeah, it is cool yeah madonna looks real uptight and ridiculous during this who was the normie she was dating it's like when she remember she that backup dancer guy that really good-looking latino man he's not the one she had Lourdes a baby with? daughter yeah father yeah maybe then. yeah i mean i wouldn't call that guy a normie necessarily but okay this is number four is actually i i put number four i put our other courtney love fight so 1992 vmas uh, we put I put Axel, Kurt versus Courtney and Steph. Yep, uh, and that's another great um, Courtney Love diss. Remember? Yeah. She goes. Stephanie Seymour goes. Are you a supermodel? Oh no, are you a brain surgeon? No, but are you a brain surgeon? Yeah. And Axel says he's going to bring him down to the pavement. Take him down to the pavement to Kurt. And uh, in this uh, verbal fight, uh, Courtney and Kurt won. Yes. And that was a moment. You can't win. Courtney's never lost a verbal fight. That was a moment that it all it changed. all changed. Okay. So this is the top three is really good. Okay. This is top three for my top three that I'm sorting through. But I think you would agree with this order. You know, I think I put number four, our, our 92 VMAs fight. So there's, there's three other ones that are okay. better. God, 1994. This one's so cool. My, it could be one. They're all pretty cool. You're asking me every day. I have no idea. What is it? It's Nathaniel Hornblower versus R.E.M. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I yes. remember Nathaniel Hornblower very, yeah. very, very it's well. It's pretty much the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it should be number one. It should be number one. Yeah. Nathaniel Hornblower was a great phase. It was, well, yeah, it was a full alter ego. Yep. Um, Nathaniel Hornblower rushed the stage <laughs> when it was this was best director as well and Spike Jones lost so this is 1994 and Nathaniel Hornblower won for directing no no Dude, no what video was it when it was 94 like so that was sabotage. sabotage sabotage Spike, okay. Spike Jones Spike was jo- up yeah. for sabotage yeah 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 um and it 
Every, didn't Nathaniel Hornblower direct videos under the he name? He did direct yeah. videos, but okay. not okay, this not one. that. Okay, um, and everybody hurts one. Like, can you even like remember that video? Is it just like black and white? I, I think it's very boring. Yeah, sabotage. This is also an interesting fun fact. Sabotage was nominated for six awards. Guess how many it won? Zero. Zero. Backless. Zilch. Arguably one of like the greatest music videos of all time with a one of the greatest greatest music video directors of all time. Nathaniel Hornblower bum rushed the stage and his quote was really funny because he says, uh, he goes, I'm from Switzerland, okay? Let me tell everyone that. And since I was a small boy in Switzerland, I dreamed that Spike Jones would win this. <laughs> And he says, now that this has happened, I want to tell everyone that this is a farce. And I had all the ideas for Star Wars and everything. That's so cool. Yeah, that is. Getting mad, in, getting mad in the character as an alter ego. I had all the ideas for Star Wars and everything. <laughs> That's so funny. And then they pull him off and stage. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then they pull him off stage. Um, Nathaniel Hornblower, what do we say? Uh, Spike Jones went on later to say Nathaniel was one of my elderly mentors in the film business. He's developer of a special film techniques and film stocks. <laughs> He's a Swiss filmmaker who started building his own cameras in the 50s. I've learned quite a lot from him. I can't believe they had like, a whole backstory of Nathaniel Hornblower. Nathaniel Hornblower. What, what, what were they doing when they came up with that? I don't know. A I was Swiss just, filmmaker? I was just, uh, yeah, oh, man. Just discussing that Adam Yock might have been the coolest person Absolutely. to ever exist, to ever live. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's almost like he was too cool for this world and had to leave. Really? Yeah. I, because I was, I went back and I was watching a bunch of videos because that was my 14. Yeah. And uh, man, if you look at their videos that came out in 94, in this 93 to 94 era, it like looks like now, like they look like. Yeah. They look like turnstile. They look like they do look like turnstile. <laughs> they look like turnstile. They do look like they look like everyone at El Prado in Cha Cha Lounge. It's like yep. wild. And that's who's there. Turnstile. Yeah. Well, I said Cha Cha Lounge because of turnstile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Okay, number two. This one's really good. Two twenty two thousand two. Okay, two thousand two. An iconic VMA. Iconic VMA. Okay, I don't know. So good. I rewatched it. Um, Eminem and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Oh my God, of course. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. We, we have watched that recently in studying the, I think, looking into the 2002 VMAs in Oh, general. did we? Yeah, yeah, we did. So um, Triumph was actually talking to Moby <sighs> and had, to, and like Moby and Eminem were in a fight. Because Moby had had come out and said things about uh, Eminem being homophobic, et cetera, misogynist, blah, 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 um, a few seats apart. So Triumph the Comic Dog went out and tried to say something to Eminem, and Eminem, like, literally, like, pushed him away. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, like, did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's actually just a guy's hand. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, and I guess, like, at one point, uh, wait, that little Slim Shady said... It was met with booze, and he says, keep booing, little girl. I will hit a man with glasses. I think about Moby. I would like for Moby to get hit more. 
Yeah, dead roll for the worst tattoos to ever exist. Yeah, um, Triumph yeah. might have gotten a lot. So we had a press conference later where he wore a tiny neck brace, <laughs> and he says, "Everyone, pre- be easy on Eminem." At the end of the day, he's just another white guy trying to make an honest living, stealing black. You know, we were music. talking about awesome slogans that have kind of lot like lot um, triumphs. So you know, homie, don't play that. And then there's for me to poop on. Yes. <laughs> I know. I forgot it's that very that was cool. Because <laughs> bring it back. So I was just rewatching uh, actually a lot of Triumph clips before you get, got here. And um, I saw one. There's like a 10 minute. It's really funny, Tara. There's a 10 minute thing of him at the um, Michael Jackson trial. Oh, outside? Yeah, outside the trial talking to people and um, talking to all these Michael Jackson defenders. And this was what? Like, this is like almost 20 years. That's huh? like 95, 96. Or I don't know when no, that is. No, the first trial was early 2000s, I think. Yeah. So Whatever, 20 years yeah. ago. Um, there were a couple. And I didn't realize it was like going on for like three months. And all the people were out there defending him. The whole time. Yeah. You psychotic fans. They were all flew in from, other, like, from Eastern Europe and Brazil. So the only fans are. There's one time people. he's talking to um, he's talking to a fan. He's like, it's okay. Don't feel ba- bad for Michael. He has, he still has his two prize p- possessions. He says, uh, the Beatles catalog and Corey Feldman's underoos. <laughs> I distinctly remember that joke. My God. And, and that was Robert Smeagol, right? <laughs> yeah. Fucking genius. Really genius. <clears throat> I love Triumph so much. He uh, used to get in fights also with PETA, Westminster. Oh, God. I, I would love to just go down uh, oh, the I, hole of watching it's that. It's absolutely fun. In this little, uh, the little press conference that he did. Too, he apologizes to his 216 illegitimate children. Very, very funny. Okay, the last one. What year? 1992. The fight. Not the fight. The other fight. Not Guns N' Roses. I'm confused. Keep going. I just have a tall guy fight. Ah... Duff and Chris Novoselic. Getting in a tall guy fight. Two tall guys blowing in the wind. Two ca- tall guys blowing in the I wind. I imagine I've said like those inflatable things in front of, um, yeah. you know, tax places. Blowing car, up against each other. car lots. Yep, just blowing in the wind, flipping around. Neither of arms. them knowing why they were fighting the other one, but just doing it anyway. Fighting in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Getting Duff. McKagan getting in a fight with Kristen Vasilek. Who's a, who's a shit? Kristen Vasilek sucks. Yeah. So Duff obviously rules. Uh, but I think Duff was like fully blacked out. Yeah. So it goes. <sighs> but yeah, that's our top 10. There's yeah. probably more. Oh, yeah. Those are. We could probably find one from every. These are egomaniacs we're dealing with. Yeah. We could probably find someone to every year. And yeah, um, we're going to have more countdowns coming up. I have a countdown coming up that I'm working on as well. Nice. Okay, so coming soon. Podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.